Hello and welcome. I'm Carolyn and you're listening to Behind Bars. Today's episode is the case of Emma Walker and her killer, the dark, twisted soul of William Gore. This case is like High School Musical meets Silence of the Lambs. Once you hear the details of this case, you will never trust another person again. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Emma Walker and William Gould first met when she joined Central High School in Knoxville, Tennessee as a freshman. Although Gould was a junior and two year groups above her, he started to show interest in her, and before you knew it, they were dating. They started off as a brilliant couple. Not only were they the most traditional high school couple you can imagine from an outside perspective, a beautiful cheerleader and a prominent American football player, they also went everywhere together, had similar or the same friends, and shared almost everything. I'm sure you've known one of those couples before. No separate lives. It's kind of sweet, but also can be a bit annoying. All of their friends would have had high opinions of both of them. It's hard to stay friends with a couple if you only like one of them. They may have seemed perfect on the outside, but there was trouble brewing underneath the surface. After a while, Gaul stopped pretending and exposed his dark side. He became clingy, aggressive, obsessive. He started ordering her around and trying to control where she was, what she wore, and who she hung out with at all times. At first she didn't mind too much. She was a young teenager and probably saw his controlling ways as endearing at first. He was probably her first boyfriend other than when she was like seven or eight, so she was still working out what was normal and what was wrong. It was a while before she realised what an unhealthy relationship she was in. Her friends remember how aggressive he became, even when the pair were with other people. He didn't try to hide how much he restricted her. A common misunderstanding is that all abusive relationships have one person physically attacking or hitting the person. This is not true at all. At such a young age, Emma didn't recognise the signs. His sustained forceful behaviour, his excessive control over her very movement, and his blatant verbal abuse. Her parents banned him from their house soon after they began dating when they saw some of his texts on Emma's phone, including, quote, You're dead to me. I'll check the obituary. Eventually, they did break up. But then they got back together again. They continued to be on again, off again for the next two years. They split up fairly often, but sooner or later they would end up together again. Normally when Gould threatened Emma about what would happen if they didn't. This wasn't an isolated event either. Gaul was constantly sending her threats over text, call and in real life. He scared her into believing they would be together for as long as he wanted them to be. She had no choice and couldn't leave. He threatened her not only when they were broken up, but oddly when they were officially dating. He was obsessed with her and viewed her as an object, not a person. Finally, after two years of this torment and abuse, Emma broke up with him. She said this time it was final. He couldn't force her back, couldn't frighten her or threaten her. She would never be with him again. As you can imagine, Gaul was furious. Refusing to believe Emma was strong enough to resist his scare tactics, he began to plot his revenge. She had put her foot down and this time she kept it down. He knew that he couldn't spend two minutes sending aggressive texts and expect her to fall in love with him. This time he laid out a whole plan. It wasn't a very good one, I'll admit, but it was a plan. He stuck to her like glue. 
Whether in or out of school, alone or with friends, Gaul would be lurking in the background, just watching her. Every now and then he'd go up to her and try to talk to her, but she would get away from him as fast as she could. He stalked her for a while until he moved on to phase two. If phase one wasn't horror enough for you, you don't want to know about phase two. He started making bids for her attention. I'm not talking about wearing a new suit to get her to notice him. His attempts involved faking suicide attempts and even his own kidnapping. He also bought a burner phone and sent her creepy anonymous text from it with the simple aim of freaking her out. Finally, he moved on to phase three. One night, Gaul snuck out of his house to pay his ex-girlfriend a little visit. Under his jacket, he carried his grandfather's gun, a 9mm Glock that he'd stolen earlier that day. In the dead of night, he broke into the walker's house and crept into the 16-year-old's bedroom. Without making a sound, he raised the pistol and fired two shots. The second hit Emma in the head, near her ear, and killed her instantly. He escaped quickly and quietly. Her parents, Jill and Mark Walker, discovered her dead in her bed the next morning. They immediately suspected William Gall and recalled the last text they'd seen him send Emma. Aggressive, nasty text. They called the police in a panic and the investigations began. Two days later, Gall was finishing up the final phase of his plan. Accompanied with a few friends who he'd phoned earlier that night, he gathered up all the remaining evidence that would prove he'd killed Emma. He told these friends everything that had happened in the hours after the shooting. He believed he could trust them. He'd known them quite a while. They'd known both him and Emma, and whenever the pair had broken up or argued, they supported him and been on his side. So on the 23rd of November 2016, two days after Emma's murder, he thought it would be the end of it. There was not a doubt in his mind that he would get away with everything. As soon as he and his friends had disposed of the remaining evidence, he would be home free, and no matter how much people suspected him, he could never be put on trial or even arrested. You see where I'm going with this, right? Little did he know that as soon as he told his friends what had happened, they'd run straight to the police to report him. They'd been asked to record their conversations with Gaul, especially if anything noteworthy happened. Imagine the sheriff's excitement when only two days later, he found out his snitches had been asked to help dispose of key evidence. They caught the entire evening on a secret camera. The police arrived at the scene with perfect timing. Two deputies arrived to find Gaul holding a trash bag full of bloody clothes, a phone and the murder weapon covered in Gaul's fingerprints. His trial took place in May 2018. His defence did not deny his guilt, but instead tried to argue for a lesser charge. They claimed that although he had snuck into Emma's room with a gun and he had ended up shooting her, he lacked intent. His lawyers told the court that he'd shot in an attempt to scare her back into his arms. However, the prosecution quickly shot this theory down by pointing out that if he was merely trying to scare her, he wouldn't have aimed so close to her head. The two bullets were fired within seconds of each other, both extremely close to her. She wouldn't have even woken up before she died. In the end, William Gould was given a life sentence with the possibility of parole after 51 years, when he'll be 71 years old. He next appeared in court four months later, in September 2018. He claimed he felt remorse for what he'd done and wanted to apologise to the Walker family. He did so, but it was clear that this was just a stunt, an attempt to get less time. The prosecution told the judge it was, quote, insincere, and provided recordings of him on the prison phones rehearsing what he would say over and over again, 
and that he was only doing it because he felt obligated to. Molly Martin, the Assistant DA General, said, quote, He clearly states in the calls that this is something he had to do. He didn't get any time off his sentence and will remain in jail until 2077 at the earliest. That was the case of Emma Walker and her abuser and murderer, William Gall. If you enjoyed this episode, or the podcast in general, go check out Patreon. Behind Bars is constantly making new content, every bit better than the last. You can find it all at patreon.com forward slash behind bars the pod. Also, if you're not following Behind Bars on all the social medias, go do that. The links are in the podcast description. Thanks for listening. See you next week.